1: Pleased to be here to fellowship. It's uh, a special period for me. <laughs> uh, everybody says, and the Bible also says, it's an important milestone. So blessed be God. And, and it's therefore important for us to really take up this faith not as a religion but as a personal challenge determined in our lives to make jesus known you know there's something about religion coming to church and all of that but there is something about a personal commitment i want to make jesus known I want the world, my world, to know Jesus. And so when you see a world that is largely ignorant of who he is and what he has come to do, then you and I will take personal what? Responsibility. Take personal responsibility. The world in which I live must know him. And that personal responsibility will include a deep study to discover for myself what the whole thing is what? Oh yes, what is it really all about? Because that knowledge and understanding, it grows in little bits and pieces. It grows in little bits and pieces. That's why I want to um, challenge us this morning with what Jude Challenged the church come with me to Jude Jude chapter 1 everybody knows Jude is only one chapter anyway, so Jude chapter 1 And if you, everybody should know that Jude was a brother of Jesus but um, He couldn't call himself brother of Jesus he called himself Brother of James. <laughs> you, know, you, know, you know, when you grow up in the same family and you probably had a few things to say to each other growing up, and, and all of a sudden you realize that you were in the presence of God all this time. You know, and then you like, you feel because of all the things I had thought and said, I really shouldn't uh, maybe call him myself his brother. Isn't that also Jude verse 3. Dear friends, I had been eagerly planning to write to you about the salvation we all share. But now I find that I must write about something else. Urging you to defend the faith. This is the New Living Translation. That God has entrusted once for all time to his holy people. I say this because some ungodly people have warmed their way into your churches, saying that God's marvelous grace allows us to live immoral lives. The condemnation of such people was recorded long ago, for they have denied our only Master and Lord Jesus Christ. So I want to remind you, though you already know these things, that Jesus is talking about Joshua first rescued the nation of Israel from Egypt but later he destroyed those who did not remain faithful. And I remind you of the angels who did not stay within the limits of authority God gave them but left the place where they belonged. God has kept them securely chained in prisons of darkness waiting for the great day of judgment and don't forget Sodom and Gomorrah and their neighboring towns which were filled with immorality and every kind of perversion sexual perversion those cities were destroyed by fire and serve as a warning of the eternal fire of God's judgment amen When Jude wrote his letter, his primary concern was to block those who were teaching that grace is synonymous with license. While there is still some element of that doctrine today, the primary concern now It's about those who think that salvation is just coming to church and being a part of it. Salvation is answering an altar call and just living as you like and just doing as you like. Whereas those who are saved come to church, but not all who come to church live the life of the saved. See, it's one thing to claim to be saved. It is another to live the life of a saved person. If we, did a, if we did all live the life of saved people, of course our world would have changed long ago. Long ago. We must admit then that there are many who would like to live the life of Christ. Yes, quite a few but just cannot figure out how to do it. They would like to be godly, but they just can't figure out how it is done. So they find themselves incapable of living the life, even with the best of intention. The only way to address this is by going down to the foundations, the very foundations of our faith, and then repair the foundations so that everyone who names the name of Christ can confidently say by the grace of God I am what what I am yes I have learned to access the power I have learned how to fight to keep my spiritual life the way it should be governing all my life I have learned. Nobody is born with it. Nobody is born with it. And every day, we grow in the knowledge of it, little by what? Yes. Little by little. Every day we grow in the knowledge of it. I was um, sharing on spiritual warfare um, recently. And I was saying to the people that contrary to what many people are teaching, Spiritual warfare is not about the devil It's not about the devil because if you understand uh, What the Spirit of God told me so many years ago so many years ago That spiritual warfare is about light and darkness And that anywhere you find darkness, what do you do? turn on the light and the more the brighter your light the less the darkness and that's why, you see, if you, if you have incandescent, fluorescent light, like they use in playing night football, everywhere, nobody will know that this is night. Yes, nobody will know that this is night. You know? And so, you find that spiritual warfare, is not how to deal with darkness, but how to increase my what? Oh, yes. See, there are many people who spend all their time worrying about darkness. Why should you worry about darkness? Just turn on the light. Everywhere you go, turn on the light. Everywhere you go, turn on the light. And what do you do? do, To your surprise, what happens? Darkness just disappears. Just disappears. And that's why you see the knowledge of how to live the spiritual life. Everybody gains it one step at a time. Joshua chapter 7. You see, you see, Joshua. And the army of Israel. Hitherto, they've had victories, victories, victories. Then they went to Ai. AI. What happened? They were roundly defeated. The people that normally go to war, they come back, they count everybody. They say everybody is intact. 35 people died. Now, Joshua didn't go and say, Oh, go and find out the type of juju. Uh, that is there. Go and find out the type of juju. Because that juju, we need to know how to deal with it. No, Joshua knew that that wasn't the problem now. He knew that wasn't the problem. He knew that the problem was that God didn't come to that war. He knew that the problem was that God did not come to that war. So he lay on the floor. Until God said, Joshua, why are you lying on the floor? He said, why will not I lie on the floor? When Israel is turning its back on Israel, uh, everybody will hear it, that our cover has been blown. And then everybody will pounce on us. And God said to him, why wouldn't your cover be blown? When you have taken the accosting, you have hidden it, hid it in your tent, and you have, you know, so why wouldn't your cover be blown? The problem is not the darkness. The problem is not the darkness. The problem is not the juju man. The problem is not the witch in the, in the, in the bush making incantations. The problem is not the mummy water in the river. God didn't show up. So if you want a genuine solution, it's not how can I tackle this juju man? No, the question is why didn't God show up? Why did God leave me alone? Face my enemy by myself. Why didn't he show up? I need to find the reason why God did not show up that day. Because I know that if God doesn't show up, I am what? I'm finished. I am finished. And so the people who mistake spiritual warfare, that is a study of uh, demonology, what they do, what they don't do, I said, that's madness. (laughs) it's a study of God what delights his heart what makes him love someone so that he will always be with that person the more I understand that the more I create problems for my enemies oh yes because he said God knows what to do to my enemies don't you see Jacob coming back Laban chasing him and then God coming in the night hey Laban when you meet Jacob, be careful. Tell him neither good nor. But don't be careful what you say to him. So Laban arrives. He said, "I plan to do you good things, <laughs> but God warned me last night." <laughs> Isn't that awesome? So battles of life is about God, on whose side he is, what he's doing. You know, it's not about the devil. And that's why, you see, when the Bible says contend for the faith, you know, you should know what you and I are contending for. It is for his presence. I need to fight so that everywhere I am, I can bring down what? His presence. His presence is with me. Moses knew that. He knew that. That the only thing you need to go through life is the presence of God. Everywhere you are, God is delighted to be with you. Okay? The glory of his presence in our lives, that's what it's all about. Because once God is present, you can take on all comers. And why will you take on all comers? Because God is the creator. Every other person is creature. And you can never compare creator with what? No, with creature. Never! Never! Because by the law of creation, everywhere God is present, every creature must take a bow. By the law of creation. The way things are now, we need his presence, particularly the way things are now. And you know, it's it's the presence of God that brings about all these unbelievable testimonies. You know? Unbelievable testimonies. That situations that are impossible... You know, God shows up and everything changes. Everything changes. You know, people don't believe in the impossible. They don't believe in the miraculous until they start to know God. You see? Nobody, nobody can come expecting miracle when you don't know the God of miracles. No, it doesn't work like that. It might work in a Bethesda situation. You know Bethesda? Yes, indiscriminate anointing. Floating around, you know. It can walk in a Bethesda situation. But that's not the way to lead life. We lead life daily, daily by the anointing, not by miracles. By the hand of God upon our lives blessing us, not by incidental miracles. There are traditional things we do each time we have to deal with this, which is fast and pray. And that's very good. So if you touch the 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 religious Christian and say, ah, ah, what is the problem? Say this and this and this. Ah, "Ah, Why don't you try fasting and... Uh, uh, yes. Yes. Fasting and prayer. You know. Some will say, well, try and sow a seed. I went to one church and one, bro- one... The pastor said they should ask me any question. And one, one young man got up and said, Doctor, if you have a problem, and you sow a seed. And the problem is not solved. And you sow another seed. And it's still not solved. And you sow another seed. And it's still not solved. You continue to sow and sow. And sow and sow. And sow and sow and sow. And sow and, sow, and, sow, and, sow, and sow. <laughs> In other words, the only thing he has ever learned about God is uh, sowing seed. Yes. Such is the narrowness. You know. But you know, the, 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 the old preachers, they told us that God is like the visit of the blind men to the, to the zoo to see the elephant when they came back they asked one man uh, uh, one of them uh, what is the elephant like he said eh, it's, a, it's a bit mala- ma- male, you could twist it you could turn it where was he holding that long uh, snout that he bends another one said it's crumply you know it's the ear another one says, it's like the trunk of a tree Is the leg And all of them are describing the same. uh, Yes. And all they need to grow in the knowledge of the elephant is to combine their findings. Yes. That's what the preaching is about. You know, I I, I know a little, you know a little. we come and uh, compare notes. So that both of us will grow in the knowledge of uh, God. Yes. So, to bring down the presence of God Our Lord Jesus Christ said there are only two principles that God has taught. In Matthew 27, Jesus replied in verse 37, "You must love the Lord your God with what? Not some, not some of your heart. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind." This is the first and greatest commandment. The two are not equal. The two are not equal. The first love is to love the Lord your God with all your heart. Okay. And then the second is to love your neighbor as yourself. So now the controlling love. Is the vertical love. Okay? I remember discussing this years ago with a pastor. He said to me, the problem is that uh, I love God. But I don't feel it. I don't feel it. And there are many people who will confess to that. I don't really feel any love uh, for God. Love is knowledge. Love is will. Love is also passion. We have to feel it too. And so, if um, my heart is like cabin biscuit, how many people remember cabin biscuit? You know, sometimes when you eat it, you have to put water. Because it is very, very dry. Very dry. If your heart is like cabin biscuit, you have to ask the Holy Spirit to soften it. Yes. Soft-tune. this my heart is too too hard it's too hard it's too detached it's too indifferent I need a heart that is warmed up towards God I need to be passionate about God because you see when you love people and you are not passionate about them they know now they know they know that you don't really care Because you feel nothing towards them. So the vertical love, you know, it's a very powerful love because there's something that we call the triangle of love. Every Christian must live in the triangle of love. And you and I must understand what that triangle of love is really all about. Okay? But to love God, first of all, is to obey God. You know, there are many people who don't realize that, you know, because we don't see God, when we are passionate about God, we are very passionate about our obedience. You know, and that's why you can say to people, do you know that? But for God, I know what I would have done to you. I know what I would have said to you. But I love God, I can't do that. I can't say that. You see, it's the controlling relationship. And you know, when, when someone is controlling the way you respond to your world, that person knows how you respond. That's, why, that's what makes the difference between Christians. One person is very passionate about God. And so they cannot bear to disobey God. Another person can disobey God with uh, say, please, let us leave that matter alone. Let me finish dealing with you the way I think you should be. uh, Yes, I need to deal with you the way I think you should be dealt with. But when you love God, that's the only consideration that controls everything. And God knows it all. You see? God knows it. That the reason why you do many of the things that you do is because you love God. You know, you love God. It's not because you're a better person than another person. No. It's because there's a controlling love in your heart. Okay? So, so, God can pour. God will count on those who truly love him because they obey him. You know, if, if you want to, if you, if you forgot, um, uh, one, girl, one, one man told us in America that uh, when his, when his children forget something at home, after he, they've been dropped in school, they know they cannot call their mother. They know they cannot call their mother. The only person they can call is their ah, uh, daddy. I forgot my homework book at home. It's okay. I'll go and... Uh, yes. It could work uh, vice versa also, you know. And so, and so, and so... When, when uh, you have someone that obeys God and God wants to send somebody, he knows who to send now. He knows who to send. That um, if they send someone that doesn't obey God, then there's no guarantee that that thing will be done. That's what Jesus told the Jews, that the man has two sons. He said, go and walk in my farm. This one said, I will go. But he didn't go. The other one said, I won't go. But later he repented and uh, went. So which one? Which one is important to God? The one that said, ah, I will go, I will go. Don't worry, anywhere you send me, I will go. Or the one that said, hmm, not sure I have time for that, you know. But he later won't. After a while, you realize that this one, even though he might uh, have a little attitude at the beginning, but this is a more reliable one. This is a more reliable one. But that one that said, ah, don't worry, don't worry. He turned around, nothing is done. Nothing is done. Have you met people like that? <laughs> You turn around, nothing is done. Okay? God can pour his revelation. He can pour his grace and his anointing on those who love him because they obey him. God can invest his plans, you know, in the lives of those who love him because they obey him, you know, that's what makes people have revelations. That's what makes people see things and know things from God because their heart is with God. Moses knew that if we are to contend with the world, God has to be present. He has to be present. And that's why he said in Exodus 33:30, now therefore I pray if I have found grace in your sight, show me now your way. Why was he asking for the way? That I may know you and that I may find grace in your sight. Moses said, I need to know the thing that matters to you so that I can be doing it. And then I will find favor with you. You see, people who want to know God, they have different concerns. I want to know what God likes to see in the life of a person so that I can be doing it. I want God to favor me. I want God to be favoring me. That's why I want to know his ways so I can be doing it. And then Moses not satisfied with that response. My presence will uh, go with you and I will give you uh, rest. And you know how Moses responded to that. If your presence is not going to go with us. We are not living here. Uh, How will the world know now that we are different? Except that your presence is with us. That is it. Do you know that if you and I commanded in our lives the presence of God because of our response to God everywhere when we God is with us the world will change because you see that presence will answer to every enemy it will answer to every enemy Moses wasn't satisfied so he said in verse 18 please show me your what glory why did Moses say, show me your glory? Because he knew that the glory of the Lord is the presence of the Lord. Yes, that's why God said to him, hey, Moses, you're asking a very uh, uh, tough thing. But here, but here, I'm going to pass by, okay? And then I will put you in the cleft of the rock. You can see my glory face to face. So you will see it from, the, from my back. Isn't that awesome? What God is saying to Moses, you can't see my glory, except I am what? Present. Yes. And so when a man kneels down Lord, and says, Lord, I want to see your glory. I want to behold and experience your glory in my life. He's saying, Lord, I want your presence. Because the glory of God is not something he sends ahead. No. He doesn't send it ahead. Everywhere his glory is, then God is there. God is there, okay. And then Moses also had a, 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 a hunger for something that um, is really deeper than that, which um, uh, the Psalmist told us in Psalm 8 when he said, "When I look at the heavens, the works of your hands, this the moon and the stars that you have made, what is man that you are mindful of him? What is the son of man that you pay him any attention?" You have made him, verse 5 says, a little lower than who? Elohim. Elohim. Yes, in other words, he said you made him a little lower than yourself. And you have crowned him with a... Yes, what does that mean? You have made man to carry the presence. You have taken of your glory and put upon the man. So that everywhere he goes... The glory also will uh. Yes! He, he wanted us to carry the glory. Not just because we are in his presence. The original idea was for the man to have his own uh, glory. That's why we call it the glory terrestrial. You know, the one that God is carrying is the glory celestial. You know, that's why Jesus would pray in John seventeen five. Now, give me the glory that I had with you before the world began. The glory celestial. But you see, the glory terrestrial is just a little quantity. And Jesus brought it back. Because in, uh, in uh, John seventeen twenty two, he says, And the glory which you have given me when I was coming, I have what? Given them. So now you see, That you and I are supposed to carry the glory of God, you know. And the only way, like the spirit, there's a spirit in man. But the only way that spirit can become alive is when connected to the spirit of God. So the Christian, the saved Christian has the glory of God restored. But the only way that glory will work is connected to the glory celestial. And that's why we need the divine presence. It wasn't supposed to be like that. But the fall made it like that. It's like, it's like um, all the privileges of our creation is now by faith. Before it was by birth. Now it's by faith. Okay? Now Moses knew the way to this glory. Come with me then to Leviticus chapter 9. Leviticus chapter 9. It came to pass on the eighth day that Moses called Aaron and his sons and the elders of Israel said to Aaron take for yourself a young bull as a sin offering and a ram as a burnt offering without blemish and offer them before the Lord and to the children of Israel you shall speak saying take a kid of the goats as a sin offering and a calf and a lamb both of the first year without blemish it's a burnt offering also a bull and a ram as peace offerings to sacrifice before the Lord and a grain offering mixed with oil for today The Lord will appear to you. Okay? So they brought what Moses commanded before the tabernacle of meeting. And all the congregation drew near and stood before the Lord. Then Moses said, This is the thing which the Lord commanded you to do. For what reason? And the glory of the Lord will what? Ah, yes, so say so if you do this, the glory of the Lord will appear to you. Okay, it is it is not anyhow. You say, no, there is some. This is what God said if you want the glory to appear to you, then this is what you need to do. Okay, so now we look at it. Sinner friend, what is it about? What is it, you know. You know, in the old days you would be go and get a goat and kill. Today it's not the same old. The sin offering is a man or a woman that is genuinely what? Repentant. Repentant. They have really washed their sins away in the blood of Jesus. Now, now now I want you to look at this carefully because suppose I kept the soap for washing dresses, okay? Then, at 6 o'clock, you come to me and say, can I have a little uh, soup? I've stained my... Uh, uh, I give you. At 9, he said, nah. I think I've stained that uh, uh, a little more. At uh, 12, hey, I have... Uh, mm. Then, I'm, before I'm even finishing, uh, he say hey, I went out again at one and uh, he stayed again. Even you yourself will be tired of coming. Yes. By the time you are coming, say, what again? Soup. Then at three o'clock you are coming, what again? So. You can't call it again because you are, you are, you are too ashamed. You see? And so see, you see, you, you, you understand that if you, if you tear it apart, At that level, you realize that it's ridiculous. To be coming the same time, every day, every day, for the same. eh. Yes, that means that repentance is not what? No, it's not. It is not genuine. And you see, God knows when it is genuine. He said, if you want the glory of his presence, let your repentance be what? Very genuine. Very genuine. And it is so genuine that the people around you, they know that you have repented. They know you have repented. Okay? Before, before, when you come back, everybody is running. Now, when you say, why why are you people running? I'm not the way I, uh, yes, I'm not the way I used to. You don't need to run anymore. You know? You see, once somebody has changed, everybody around you will know you have changed. Everybody know around you will know you're changed. You know. Before your house girl, you know, you come back, you come down. Ah, ah, Teresa, Teresa, where are you? Ah ah, I fell asleep. Teresa, am I paying you to sleep? Stupid girl, look at her. Am I paying you to sleep? Then you are changed. Teresa, where are you? Ah, I fell asleep. Ah, I know you are tired. Teresa will faint. Teresa will just faint. She will just faint. <laughs> because she has never had such a thing. Uh... Yes. There is nobody that changes. The people around you will know you have changed. They know. And so that's what God is calling bring this sin offering. Bring it. Bring what, Jane? A heart that has turned around. A heart that has turned around. And once your heart has turned around, you know. It's like people who are, who are collecting bribes in the office. You repent. Then they've come to collect checks. Say yes, uh, I come to collect a check. Okay, okay, okay. What company? Ah, XYZ company. Okay, sign here. The man is just. Uh... <laughs> is this for you? <laughs> sign. Okay, I greet you, Oga. It's okay. Uh, I, I forgot, uh, forgot what? Uh, that thing I used to bring. Ah, no. We don't do that anymore. <laughs> The word will go out. Now, if your check is there, run, run, run. That thing they are collecting, they don't. (laughs) Anybody that has genuinely repented, everybody will know that things have changed. Anywhere you are, they'll know. And that's why genuine repentance is the key. He said, if you want the presence of God, bring a sin offering, a genuine one, a genuine one, And then the next thing he said to bring was a burnt offering. What is a burnt offering? You know, by the mercies of God, I beseech you to to give your life as a what? Living sacrifice. That's consecration. Consecration. Holy and uh, acceptable. These are people who, they don't care to be different. They don't care what the world is saying. They are ready to be different, even if they are the only one. Consecration. Consecration means that um, I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided. You see, I didn't just start coming to church. I have decided in my heart to follow Jesus. A young man told us a story. Say he was an, an arm robber. He Went to jail. He got converted in jail. Got converted in jail. And then, you know, we you know the way God is. One day they came and released all of them. You know, all this. Uh, chief judge visiting, you know, all this. You know, yes, released him. So, but he said that the head of the prison fellowship left the prison before, them, before him. So, of course, when he came out, there was nobody to help. So he said he went and looked for the head of their fellowship who had uh, gone out. So he said he met him in ibadu He has gone back to Amroba. So he said, ah, ah, how can you do that? He said, when I came out, nobody nobody, it's cared. So he said, he said to himself, ah, all that prayer, all that Bible study, all that confession and repentance, Say said, no, I would rather starve. I would rather starve than go back to that. That's how he came to our church in Lagos. In fact, he first he went to the bishop of Ibadan, you know, and the bishop told him to go to Foursquare, that the head, of the, the head of the prison fellowship of Nigeria is in Foursquare. So that's how he came to our church. And the church decided to help her rehabilitate. Her. So, so, so there, there, are, there are many people who find themselves in certain situations. And they're like, I can't, I can't, I can't take this anymore. I have to join them. It is that consecration that says, rather than join them, uh-uh, I'd rather die. I'd rather die. That's why he said, bring a burnt offering if you want God to be with you. Bring a burnt offering that has sold out to God, and you don't care what really happens to you. And you see, once He tests it and proves that it's genuine, uh-uh, you're a candidate for empowerment. It proves that your consecration is genuine. No matter the challenge, no matter the danger, no matter the price, it's genuine. Ah, heaven will open over your life. Can you say amen to that? Yeah. And then, the third thing is uh, being a peace, a peace offering. What is a peace offering? That's a worship offering. You know, you know when, when, um, when everything is good with people, you celebrate with them. Everybody's laughing, everybody's happy, everybody's rejoicing. It's a peace offering, see. And for, for God, what is a peace offering? Is that in every situation, you find yourself. Everything you do is an act of worship. So you see, you worship at work, not by singing, uh, Jesus, I love you. No, it's by doing the right thing. Yes, coming on time. You know, carrying out your responsibilities. Doing everything as unto. That's worship. That's really the worship. Everything you do is because of God. You see, you might you might be doing something good and somebody will take advantage of you. Because that's where many of us have the problem. They will start taking advantage of you. And because they're taking advantage of you, you say, I won't do it again. You no, know, Because you people think I'm a fool. Yes. You know, but you see, when life is worship, it doesn't matter what people think. It doesn't matter how they respond. It don't care. Everything is worship. Everything is worship. You worship God at work, at home, on the road. You worship. Everything is worship. And Moses said, if you do this, God is going to come down. If you do, Confess your sins, repent genuinely. If you consecrate your life, set yourself apart for God. And then if you worship in everything, ah, God is going to come down. It is guaranteed. He said, this is what God has said to do so that he will what? He will come down. He will come down. Now, contending then, we contend seriously for vertical love. Because that's the controlling love. That's what will feed that horizontal love. That horizontal love. 1 John 4, 7 says, Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God. And everyone who loves is what? Born of God and knows god that is it he who does not love does not know god for god is what is love okay in this the love of god was manifested toward us that god has sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him in this is love not that we loved god but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Verse 11, beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to what? Love one another. Oh yes. Oh yes. Horizontal love then is said direct derivative of vertical love is those who love God who see the commandment to love You know, as a commandment to be obeyed, I have to, I have to love people. I have to show, at every level, I have to show them love. It's a commandment, I have to obey. And don't forget what um, the Apostle Paul said to us in in Ephesians chapter 3, that when you grew in love, to know the length, the breadth, the height, the depth, what will be the result? You will be filled with all the fullness of God. That is it. You know, the character, the nature, the, 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 the ways of God will fill your whole entire life. It's amazing. It's amazing. Okay. Now, every one of us is called to walk in the divine triangle and you must you must understand divine triangle of love how it works so that once because once you're walking in it then you see you, you, you position yourself properly the first two points of that triangle a triangle has three points the first two points of that triangle is the love between the father and the son okay look at uh, john 5:19 Jesus said, The son can do nothing of himself but what he sees the father do. For whatever he does, the son also does in like manner. And then verse 20. For the father what? Yes, the father loves the son. And he will show him, yes, and he shows him all things that he himself does. Isn't that amazing? And he will show him what? Greater works than this, that the world around you may what? Marvel. These are the two primary points of the love triangle. Okay? Now the next two points of the love triangle is the love between us and Jesus. It's the love between us and Jesus. And Jesus taught us how to maintain that love. In John 14:15, said, "If you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever." The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. Okay? Not that the loving obedience of Christ brings the Holy Spirit who sheds love abroad in what? In our hearts. He said, if you love me, keep my commandments, I will send you who? The Holy Spirit. And what the, what's the primary thing he does? He sheds the love of God in our hearts. You see? So when I am doing what the Holy Spirit commands me to do, I am growing in what? In love. Because the Holy Spirit is filling my heart with the love of God. He is filling me with great love for God. That will now translate into love for others. You know? It's amazing. It's amazing. Because the Bible says in Ephesians, the same Ephesians chapter 3. He said, I prayed the Father that he might strengthen you with might by his spirit in the what? Yes. Then the next statement says that Christ may dwell in your heart by faith. And that you being what? Rooted and grounded in love. That is it. You said the Holy Spirit comes and dwells in my heart and gives me strength in the inner man. So that the life that Christ lived will now become evident in my heart. And then, once that takes place, I am able to be rooted and grounded in love. I will become love, expressing love everywhere, everywhere. Because of the Spirit. Not because of me, because of the Spirit. So Jesus said, when you obey me, so understand the second two points of that love triangle, that when you obey me, the spirit is going to come and be working in your heart. And then you'll begin to be filled with love. And then the more you are filled with love, the more you are filled with the fullness of who? Yes, all kinds of powers, gifts, revelations, all kinds of things are happening to you naturally. Naturally. Okay? These are the two important points of love. Now, what, what, what is the final connection? You see? So now we have the love between God and the Son. The love between the Son and me. It remains the connection between God and me. Okay? Now we go to John chapter 16. You know, to, to see that third connection. Verse 26 says, In that day, you will ask in my name. And I do not say to you that I shall pray the Father for you. For the Father himself loves you. Why? Because you have what? Yes. And have believed that I came forth from God. No, no, no. You see now. Jesus is revealing that to to make that last connection, okay, the connection between me and Jesus, which is obedience to Jesus, it must be active because it is that one connection that determines this one. He said, when I obey Jesus, God will love me because I love Jesus. You see? That's why I tell you that the knowledge of God, it grows in tiny, tiny bits. Before I will kneel down and say, Lord, I I love you, I love you. I I hear you. But what are you doing? (laughs) He said, no. If you want the love of God to work, you're obeying what Jesus is saying. You're obeying. Because he he said, he said, when you pray, he said, when you pray, I don't need to intercede for you. You know, you know, people will need to say, Jesus, please intercede for me. Jesus, please be intercede for me. Say, no, I don't need to intercede for you. I don't need to intercede for you. Because the Father himself loves you because you love me. I don't need to intercede for you. Said, the Father loves you because you love me. Now, somebody might then ask, "This Father's love to what degree? You know, is it the same? Is it the same? Okay, come to John chapter seventeen, because you and I need to see this clearly, so that you can you can know how to work things in your life. You know, you know. Do you know the beauty of this thing? It's it's like um, uh, 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 connecting a jigsaw. You know, when you put one piece here, it doesn't it doesn't seem as if it's going anywhere. But by the time you Put one, put one, put one, put one. You turn around. The picture is, imagine. Uh, yes, that's what the spirit says to me. Say one day you will discover that all these spiritual things are working naturally. Why are they working naturally? Because you have had, you have turned the spiritual to become normal. You have made the spiritual normal, and then things will be working normally. You know, because that's the way Jesus lived here. You know. Verse 20 says, I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. That they all may be one as you, Father, are in me, and I in you. That they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. And the glory which you gave me, I have given them, that they may be one just as we are one. I in them, verse 23, note it carefully. And you in me, that they may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them how that is it said you see the world by by the time i'm loving jesus by the time i'm obeying jesus god is loving me the same degree he loved jesus that's what we call the love triangle there is no magic to it anybody can get it working in their life you and i can get it working in our lives the love triangle you are in that love triangle where things are working supernaturally and the supernatural has become what normal the supernatural has become normal because you have come to understand that it's not about religion you know you can come and sing and dance that we have done today, and there's nothing wrong with it, but it's really about understanding how to work that system. You know, you know. I went to camp. You know, I have a house in our camp, and uh, we have a generator there. I went there, and a group of women were staying in the house. There was no light, but they were in darkness. But there's a generator there. I said, "Ah, why are you people in darkness? There's a generator here." Said, we don't know how to work it. Okay, so uh, I told my driver, oh, yeah, let's go and bring the generator, we'll bring all the generator, put it on. I went to the bed. Then, when I came back, okay, they were still on the generator. I said, okay, can we show you how to walk it now? Because we're about to go back to Lagos. They said, no, switch it off and carry it back inside. <laughs> that is it. That is it. That is it. That's the way me. Can you learn how to walk this thing? So that it will be working for who? Yes! Can you learn how to walk this thing now? There's no magic to it. There's no magic to it. Learn to walk this thing. Then it will be working for you. You know. Say no, pastor. When uh, when I come to church, you will work it. You know. I can't really walk this thing. But you know, it is simple enough that all of us can work. Yes, we can work it. We can put it to work in our lives. So that we can then contend with all the powers. Say so we wrestle not against flesh uh, and of God. Against principalities. Against powers. Against the rulers of darkness of this world. Against spiritual hosts of wickedness in high places. That's it too. They control everything. They control everything. Now the devil said to Jesus, all these things you see, they are mine to give to. Yes. But they're not supposed to control everything. They're not supposed to. That's why the Bible said God has given him what? A name that is above everything. That are the name of Jesus but here is the problem. Okay? I'm wanting principalities, powers, rulers of darkness of this world, spiritual hosts of wickedness in high places. I want them to bow. When I command them in the name of Jesus. I want them to obey. But me myself. I am not obeying. It's not going to work. That's the problem. That's the problem. I get into a place. I said "Ah, ah, there must be sanity here now. In the name of Jesus. I take captive. Every principality. Every power. Every ruler of darkness. Of this world. Every spiritual host of wickedness in high places. Performing here. I bring you under subjection. I dislodge you. Do you know the purpose of dislodging them? It's in Daniel 10. Okay? Because when the angel was coming to Daniel, the prince of Persia did what? He withstood him. He withstood him. And so the blessing couldn't come through. The blessing couldn't come through. And then Michael came and dislodged the Prince of Persia. And as soon as Michael dislodged the Prince of Persia, the blessing came to him. That's why, you know, I can stand up and say, over my life, every principality, every power, every ruler of darkness of this age, every spiritual host of wickedness in high places, Operating spiritually, physically, financially. I take you captive. I dislodge you now. And I, I dislodge them. Whatever blessing they have been blocking, will what? Oh yes, will come through. Will come through. See? That's how we contend. That's how we contend. And we ourselves, the Bible says the husbandman. Must be the first uh, partaker. We ourselves become the first beneficiary that you can silence the enemy in your life. You see, you take the matter to the spiritual, where the controls are, because we know that everything you see in the natural, the origin is where? In the spirit, yes. That's where it comes from. That's where they block you, they, they, they do this, they cause this, they cause that. But now, Every day that you rise up, every principality, every power, every ruler of the darkness of this age, every spiritual host of wickedness in high places, I stand on the death and resurrection of Jesus. I dislodge you So every blessing that God has purposed today, you can now start uh, coming up. And because I'm in the love triangle of obedience, okay? Heaven uh, endorses me. That is it. And so when Jude says, contend for the faith, that is it. That is it. Contend for this faith. Every day. Don't, Don't watch history. Make history. You know, make history. Don't watch uh, 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 evil take hold. No, take authority. Every principality, every power, every ruler of the darkness of this age, every host, spiritual host of wickedness in high places. Oh yeah, move. That is it. And then, whatever uh, God had ordained, that is being hindered will now uh, come through. Can you imagine if you are doing it? I am doing it. Every believer in our Lord Jesus Christ, from Kotangora to to to, to Kaurana, every corner, every corner, that is doing it. Is doing it, and they are in the love triangle. We will wake up one morning, we find everything has changed. Yes, we will wake up one morning, everything has changed. It is because you and I are spectators. We are spectators. And we do not know how to bring down the divine. uh, prayers. he said, this is what God has ordained. This is what God has commanded. So that God can come and uh, work with you. And that's why God is saying to you and I today, let us change our story not only just in our lives, but where? In our country. Let us change the story. We can change the story. We can change the story. Numbers matter. Numbers count. Numbers. Abraham said, will, 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 will 50 people do it? He said, yes, so 50 people will do it. Say 45, say they will do it. 40, they will do it. 30, they will do it. 20, they will do it. 10, they will do it. That is it. Numbers count. Numbers count. And nobody needs to know your name. Nobody needs to know your name. You may be the one, actually, because of the quality of your obedience, you may be the one controlling everything. Every morning you lift up, every principality, every power, every ruler of darkness of this age, every spiritual host of wickedness in high places, Position to hinder what God wants to do today, oh yeah, in the name of uh, Jesus. And then you turn around every day, you see how God is working, because you've dislodged the powers. That's what the revelation from the Book of Daniel, that the moment you dislodge them, the blessing comes true. I don't know who you are listening to me now, you see? The reason why the truth must be preached is because you don't know who God will use. You don't know where the the real uh, 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 devil holding the country and the juggler. You don't know where, but that may be where you are. That's where that devil is really located. Okay, I'm doing my own where you are, but it's all kinds of uh, demons, uh, uh, spoiling cassava and uh, yam, you know. Of, yes, of consequence, but not like that. But where you are is where the, 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 main, the main people are sitting. And it doesn't take anything different. The same, the same repentance, the same consecration, the same worship. That's what it takes for the presence to come down, and then they'll be dislodged. They'll be dislodged. So, contend for the faith. Defend the faith. It's not just about uh, uh, telling people I'm a Christian. No, it's about warfare. Engage in it, engage in it. Enter the love triangle and engage in warfare. It is about history. Wherever you are, you, 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 God wants to use you. But don't forget that your life has to be surrendered. There is a seal of the Holy Spirit on the face of every genuine believer. That's a seal of the Holy Spirit that every genuine believer is carrying. And if you don't have that seal, the devil also knows it. That's why the Bible in Ephesians chapter 6 calls salvation helmet, helmet, the helmet of salvation. That means you must cover your head before you enter into this fight. And so, if for any reason your head is not yet covered, your head is not yet covered. You have not genuinely surrendered your life to Christ. Then your head is not yet covered. And that's why I say to you, this morning you can cover your head. And you cover your head by saying, Lord Jesus, come into my life today and be my Lord and Savior. I repent of all my sins. By your grace, I will not go back to them again. Somebody needs their head to be covered. Or maybe you had it covered once before. But now you've gone back. Now you've gone back. You don't have to wait one moment longer. Just say to him, Lord Jesus, sorry, I missed my way. I return to you again to have my head covered.
0: You've been listening to a message from the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Barnex Squaringpa Expressway, near Next Kashinkari. Abuja, 9 a.m. on Sundays and 6 p.m. on Wednesdays. For telephone, 09-290-9000 or 703 404 You can find us online at www.thefatherschurchonline.org. God bless you.